was just before the Passover feast. Jesus knew that the time had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he now showed them the full extent of his love. The evening meal was being served. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power, and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with a towel that was wrapped around him. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup of wine after supper. He gave thanks and said, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you the truth, I will not drink again of the fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it anew in the kingdom of God. Do this in remembrance of me. Do this in remembrance of me. This is a meal with a story, and Jesus invites us to to share it together as a way of remembering him and that story. We're in the second week of a message series, and in this series we're looking at three um, 
occasions that God calls us to purposefully remember. And last week we talked about the fourth commandment from Exodus 20, verse 8, where Jesus tells us to remember to observe the Sabbath day and keep it holy. God wants us to set apart time, whether it's Sunday or another day, to worship him and to experience the goodness of rest that restores and that renews us. And here we are remembering, so good job. And we have this holiday weekend to to rest. Um, Not so much last night, as Forrest said, as the (laughs) I tried to go to sleep and uh, uh, fireworks are going off, and just when you think they're done, there's another boom, and it wakes you up, but... Today, uh, before we share the Lord's Supper, I, I want to look at a couple of passages of Scripture and that will help us to more fully share this meal in remembrance of Jesus Christ. So I want to start with a little background on the, on the Lord's Supper, or Holy Communion as it's also called. This meal is uh, one of two sacraments that we celebrate or observe in the United Methodist Church, and I'll be talking briefly about uh, the second one next week, which is baptism. But um, the idea of a sacrament is that God takes something that's uh, ordinary, things that we can hold in our hands and see with our eyes, smell and taste, and he uses them for spiritual needs, to, to tell a spiritual story. And John Wesley, the founder of Methodism, said that they are outward and visible signs of an inward and spiritual great grace. In other words, they are something that we can see and touch that tell a a spiritual story of something that's happening in the spiritual realm. And at the communion table, the Lord's Supper, we receive the bread and the juice. They're ordinary elements that come from uh, the store or someone's oven or whatever. And Uh, But something sacred and spiritual is happening when we receive them by faith. When we speak the words of blessing over them and then partake of them, God is doing something spiritual in us. He's applying his grace and and his mercy and his goodness to our lives. And uh, of everything that the church does, the sacraments of baptism and communion are unique because they are Practices that are initiated by Jesus, he did these things, and then he tells us that we are to practice them as well. And so we're focusing today on these words, do this in remembrance of me, and you can't see them here, but they're carved on the front of every, uh, pretty much, I guess, every communion table around the world. Very well-known words, do this in remembrance of me, and they're found in the story of the Last Supper in Luke chapter 22. And one thing that I hadn't realized before as I was preparing this message is that's the only gospel that those words are found in. They're not in the other three gospels, um, but they are found in 1 Corinthians 11 where Paul retells the story and mentions these very same words. So we're going to look at Luke chapter 22, and then we're going to talk about three ways that we can prepare for and respond to Jesus' invitation to share this meal in remembrance of him. So Luke 22, um, 14 through 20. When the hour came, Jesus and his apostles reclined at the table. And he said to them, I eagerly desire to eat this Passover meal with you before I suffer. 
For I tell you, I will not eat it again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. After taking the cup, he gave thanks and said, Take this and divide it among you. For I tell you, I will not drink again from the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. So then Jesus takes these ordinary elements, the bread and the wine, that had been part of the Passover celebration uh, for many years, reminding them of God rescuing his people out of Egypt, bringing them out of slavery, and he gives them new meaning. He goes on and and, uh, says, And he took the bread, he gave thanks, and he broke it, and he gave it to them, saying, This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after the supper, he took the cup, saying, This is the cup of the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. And Jesus knew uh, what was about to happen to him, that Judas would betray him, that his friends would desert him, that he would be arrested and beaten, that he would suffer and be crucified. So during the meal, he takes the bread and the wine Uh, that had for hundreds of years been associated with and a reminder of the Jewish Passover, and he gave them new meaning. He gave them to his disciples and to us as a way of telling and retelling the story of Jesus' love and his sacrifice for us. He does this so that we won't forget. And in 1 Corinthians 11.26, we read, Whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, You proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. We tell a story over and over every time we share this meal together. And that's what we're doing today. But before we share that meal, I I want you to go ahead and pull out your message notes. And we're going to look at some ways that we can prepare for that and respond to this invitation to do it in remembrance of Jesus. The first thing is... um, before we come to the table, to examine your heart and reflect on Jesus' sacrifice. Jesus went to the cross for our sins. And before we come to receive the grace that's offered here in this meal, we should examine our hearts and and confess anything there that that is keeping us from living fully for Christ. And today we're going to actually take some time to sit in silence and, and to reflect on what Jesus has done for us, to confess anything that needs to be confessed before we come to the table. And then the second thing is to remember and give thanks. Jesus said we're to share this meal in remembrance of him. And there are several things that we should remember as we are receiving the elements. The first is to remember Jesus' mighty acts of salvation. Through the bread and juice, we're we're reminded of Jesus' suffering and his death on our behalf. You know, for 2,000 years, Christians have practiced the sacrament, sometimes at great cost. Uh, They sometimes lost their lives uh, to, to share this meal. And I believe that they took those risks and were able to take those risks because they remembered what this meal had cost Jesus. And this meal is our reminder of a great love story that through which God saves us. In the broken bread and the crushed grapes, we're reminded of Jesus' sacrificial saving acts on our behalf. And then the second thing we, we should remember is the promises and the hope that are ours because of Jesus. 
Because Jesus was willing to, to go all the way to the cross for us and then be raised to life again, we can know that he's able to follow through on any promises that he's made. And the hope of heaven is a very real hope and a sure hope because of the cross and the resurrection. Hebrews 9.28 says, So Christ was sacrificed once to take away the sins of many, and he will appear a second time not to bear sin, but to bring salvation to those who are waiting for him. And the bread and the juice, this meal points us ahead to a heavenly banquet that's yet to come. Jesus has promised it to those who are watching and waiting, looking for a forward to an eternity with him. And that's why, though we feel sadness at the sacrifice that Jesus has made and our part in the need for that, um, we come to receive the gifts with joy. They represent mercy and grace, forgiveness, eternal life, and, and that bank awaiting us in a forever home with Jesus. <clears throat> and then the third thing is to remember his presence with us. And one of the great debates over the first several hundred years of, of the church was, how is Jesus present with us in the bread? And the Catholics have one take on it called transubstantiation, they believe that the elements are actually changed in substance when the blessing is said over them. Uh, Martin Luther had another take. He said that the, bra- the bread actually turns into the body of Christ. That, and his saying was, we eat Christ with our teeth. And uh, that was his take on it. John Wesley and the United Methodist uh, Church teach that Jesus is present in a real and spiritual way in the elements, but not in a physical way. Uh, these, is, these elements are a physical reminder of Jesus' very real spiritual presence with us. And, and maybe that's a reminder somebody needs today. Um, when I was called into ministry, I went down to seminary in Kentucky, and um, Forrest found a teaching p- position down there, and he had to be there because in Kentucky they start school earlier than they do here, like a first or second week of August. And so he had to be there fairly early, and we went down. And um, he would go to work during the day, and then I was there in our little married housing apartment in the basement of uh, this married housing complex. And I didn't know anybody, and I just felt um, very lonely. I, I felt unknown. I, I felt like, you know, uh, I was all by myself most of the time. And I heard about this communion service, and it's kind of like they do a short sermon and then have a communion service that was held every Wednesday on campus, and I decided I was going to go to this. And so the professor did a a short sermon, and then he moved into the communion service. And when it was time to go forward for the to receive the elements, I got in line with the people, and as we were moving forward, he would break off the bread and hand it to the person, and And I would hear him speak the words. He would say, Kent, the body of Christ, broken for you. And then the next one, Jan, the body of Christ, broken for you. And when he got to me, um, he broke off a piece of bread. And he said, the body of Christ, broken for you. No name. (laughs) I was unknown. I I felt so alone in that that moment. It was like I, I didn't... I was not known by anybody. That's how I felt, just so lonely. But then I reached out and I took the bread and I held in my hand 
the reminder that I was not alone, that I was not unknown. <laughs> and as I dipped the, the bread into the juice, I, I had this physical reminder of Jesus' presence with me. And I felt his very real presence. And maybe that's something that somebody needs today, you're, to know today. You're not alone. Uh, Jesus is here. He's here in this room. He's here in his family. Uh, we are surrounded by people that know you and love you. And this meal reminds us that we're not alone, that we're not unknown. In James 4, 8 says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. And that's one of the invitations of this table, that Jesus is present here to heal, to forgive, to draw near to us as we draw near to him. And all we have to do is come and receive the gifts that Jesus himself offers us. To come hold the bread, taste the sweetness of the juice, to taste and see that the Lord is good. If you need hope, if you need forgiveness, if you need comfort or encouragement, come. If you, need, if you have a broken heart, you're holding on by a thread, you're not sure about the future, come. If you need encouragement, if you want peace and joy, come. If you are looking to receive eternal life, come. Come and remember Jesus' presence with us. Let's pray. Loving God, I thank you for this opportunity to, to remember your sacrifice for us, your love for us, your presence with us. And I, I pray for each person here, if there's anyone that's never received the life that you offer us, that they would take that step this morning and invite you into their hearts, into their lives, God, and give their life to you and begin to follow you. And I ask, Lord, that you would be very present with us at table as we share a meal together, that we would go from here refreshed, knowing that we're loved and that you go with us. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.